welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. For those that don't know, Pastor Bob Stevenson was the senior pastor of this. Bob and Pastor Margaret are such an example to a number of you, but to me personally, I was thinking about him just this week. I remember working at Truganina Road, Pastor Bob. Remember that? Oh, geez. I remember those days. I drove past there just this last week, and I remember the pearls of wisdom he started giving me back then, and I still ask him for pearls of wisdom today. He's a great man. Can we stand up to our feet, please? Can we just make him feel really welcome? Pastor Bob, we love you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Make your happy life miserable. Oh, hallelujah. Mark, can I have my gear? This is my amazing assistant. <laughs> Thank you. These are my notes. I, I have to write big writing. <laughs> no, it's not that. Um, it's a real joy to be able to share with you guys today. And, uh, <laughs> of course, I've, this series... We've, uh, This is week number nine, and oh, we've had some amazing teaching, and I have got about this this church in Galatia, in Asia, in present-day Turkey, where Turkey is today. This is where these churches were, And, and oh, to learn so much, it's just been fantastic. And of course, I've had a lot of time to, to listen to what everybody else is saying, and then I've come to my bit, what I've got to say. And it's in Galatians chapter 5, from verses 16 to 26. And uh, uh, I just feel I I want to honor the Holy Spirit this morning. uh, Because in these few verses, uh, Paul refers to the Holy Spirit eight times in ten verses and, and only 13 times in the whole of this book that is written. And so more than half of the, of the references to the Holy Spirit is in this passage I've been asked to preach about. And oh, and I, I'm, so, I'm so alive with it and I so enjoy it, the fact. And I thought, well, uh, Heavenly Father, we call upon you, precious Holy Spirit, Lord, just to guide us today and just to, to give us the inspiration and the direction that you require uh, for this particular gathering of your wonderful people here this morning. You've got unique ways of speaking to us uh, beyond just what somebody might say, interpretations that you give to them. In fact, you, you can speak in ways that we haven't even begun to understand. And we bless you for that because... Things just drop in our heart, just something that somebody says and, and it just stays with us and yet to them it's nothing. And, and so we just say thank you as we rely upon you, Holy Spirit, to do your work today in this place. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Now, I've got a message plan so that I can stick to it. So I'm trying not to kind of go off on side tangents, which is, uh, which is my, my lot. But, and I know that normally, you, you, it's become a bit of a thing, this, me singing. 
at the end of my message, you know, singing a song that ties in. Well, and I'm going to start with it. Because this, this is like a kind of an invitation. Uh, I, you know, I'm an old Pentecostal. Uh, I, I got saved in a Pentecostal church, and, and we, we, it was all about the Holy Spirit. It was all about being filled with the Spirit. It was all about walking in the Spirit. It was all about living in the Spirit. It was all about gifts of the Spirit. It was all about speaking in tongues and all that kind of thing in the churches and I were, were brought up in. Um, uh, because the, the Pentecostal experience at that time was actually ridiculed by a lot of the established uh, denominations. But, but praise God, over time, things have changed, and here we are, and we're able to embrace it in a much wider way. And we used to sing this song. Are you looking for the fullness of the blessing of the Lord in your day? Claim the promise of your Father, come according to his word, in the blessed old-time way. He will fill your heart today to overflowing. As the Lord commanded you, bring your vessels, not a few. He will fill your heart today to overflowing with the Holy Ghost and power. Like the cruise of oil is his grace forevermore and his love unfailing still. And according to his promise, with the Holy Ghost and power, he will every vessel fill. And I won't sing the chorus again. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Because that's my heart today, that the Holy Spirit, we will welcome him and we will invite him to fill us. Paul says to them, be being filled with the Spirit. It's not just a one-off thing. It's not just a, oh, right, an event that took place, you know, 30 years ago. No, oh, how many years ago for me? 18, anyway, a long, a, long, a long time ago when I was 18. <laughs> it's a long time ago. And so, uh, uh, but, but I'm being filled with the Spirit day by day. And I want to walk in the Spirit. And he's wonderful. In this passage that uh, I'm going to ask Gary, uh, maybe we could stand, we've been standing up, haven't we, to hear the word of God. So uh, let's stand in, in an act of uh, acknowledgement of the preciousness of this word that we are about to hear. Thank you, Gary. No worries, Pastor Bob, you can follow with me on the screen there. So, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me, I have before. 
that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ nail the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Now, please take your seats. And I want to, I want to imagine something right now. Uh, you know, as I've been looking at the, the, the letter to the Galatians, I've been trying to put myself in their position. And I've kind of felt a bit sorry for them in the way that Paul kind of gets at them a bit for, you know, not, not getting so easily moved from the, the message and the gospel that he's preached to them and that he's shared with them and that he's established with them. And then I'm thinking, well, well have a heart. You know, the, these guys did not have any written piece of the Word of God at all. No, not even any Old Testament. Nothing. They, they were total pagan people out of an idolatrous background and, and to, totally no real, not, not like the Jews. At least the Jews had a, had a, had a, 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 a dealings in the Old Testament. And, and in, what is it, about 250 B.C., um, the, the Hebrew Bible was, in, was translated into Greek. And, of course, Alexander the Great, he, he imposed the Greek language on the then-known world, and so virtually everybody spoke Greek by this time, 300-odd years later after Alexander the Great. Greek is widely spoken. In, so the, the Jews not only had a, a book that they could read in their own language, Hebrew, but they had also a book they could read it in Greek, and most of them were trilingual and spoke Aramaic as well. And, and all boy Jews were educated, as from, from B.C. 70, Queen Alexandra, Alexandra she, she made a decree that all, all Jewish boys had to start and be educated, ethics and the law, from being five years old and, until they were 18. And so every Jewish boy got educated, and they knew, they knew the law off by heart by the time they were 10. Not to mention whole tracts of the Bible that they just, because nobody had a personal copy of the Bible. <laughs> they had to go and listen to it being read. They had to go and, and of course, this generation were excellent hearers, not like us today. We, we get fed up after 10 seconds. We've got to have 10 second grabs on the telly. Otherwise, we don't want to be bothered listening to it. And, but these people, were expert hearers. When they heard, they remembered. They, 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 were, they were amazing in that way. And, and so even though these Galatian people, if you can imagine, this is, this is A.D. 40. Well, there's some conjecture about when Galatians was written. Maybe A.D. 49 to 51. 
The first actual book of the New Testament that was ever written was AD 45. That's 13, no, 12 years after the death of Jesus, was written by James. And then Galatians AD 49, then Thessalonians, and then the first life story of Jesus in what was written by Mark in AD 50. Now, when we say written, it's written, but there's only one copy of it. <laughs> and then it has to be copied by somebody. And it has to be written out again so somebody else can... And it can be shared like that. And so, by the time all these books of the New Testament were, were all written from, you know, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all the epistles and Acts of the Apostles, by the time all those had been, they were circulating around. But here's the Galatians right at the very beginning. They don't have even these circulating copies. Do you know that today there are over 5,000 ancient copies in existence today of the, of the New Testament. 5,000 uh, on parchments and, and papyri and, and, uh, and, and, and still available to go and see today. 5,000 was such an abundance of them being copied because every, every little congregation wanted to get, and, and, and you know, somebody would come to Galatia and from, from Ephesus, and oh, they say Paul sent us a letter. Oh, hey, could you get it written out and send us it? So we can, and we'll write you ours out that he sent us, and we'll send it to you. This is how it happened. So that by 180, sorry, AD 180, as we know, it was being readily circulated all around the churches of the then known Christians. And, uh, and yet here's Galatians. They're the first off the rank to get the first letter. And, and, and only did they have the memory of the teaching of Paul as he had planted this church. Just the, just, they just remembered it, what he said. And, and he kind of gets into it. You, 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 I've already told you this. How many times have I told you? Well, he even says it in Galatians. I've told you this so many times. And how many... <laughs> How dull are you? You know, I, I think, hey, hey, steady on. You know, give them a break. They, they've only just heard it, and they're new Christians. They've not got a religious background. And so, if I can take you back into that kind of environment, and uh, and and then you receive this letter, and uh, you know, you're still surrounded by all the licentious and idolatrous and pagan stuff that, that you've got to live in, in, in the midst of. And, uh, and then he, he, he comes to him. Well, of course, over these nine weeks, uh, we've been listening to it. And I've, I said to myself, how much... And I take notes. Good note-taker. I could actually... Well, I, I save them all so I can go and preach them somewhere else. I <laughs> think... <laughs> <laughs> Why, 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 why invent the wheel twice over, you know? If, so, if, if the truth of God is good from somebody else, let's go and share. Because that's what these people did. They just shared it. And, and, and you know, that's the way to do it. And so, so here I am, coming to 16 of chapter 5, having already heard Pastor Josh last week talking from chapter 5, verse 1, where where Paul says, 
Right, in, in view of everything I've said up to this point, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. In, in view of everything I've said now, this is what I'm saying. I am saying this to you. Stand fast in the liberty. And he comes to, ver well, of course, there's no such thing as verses in this, in this, this letter. We, it, it's, it's a few hundred years before some monk decides, hey, it'd be a good idea to have chapter and verses so we can remember where they are. Up, up here, there's no chapter. Oh, what verse did Paul say this? What was the chapter in it? No, no, it was just one document, all written, just written. Du, 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 du. And oh, we analyze it, and I've got my three points that I'm going to make, and I've got, oh, and I've investigated every word and all this, that, and the other. But these guys didn't have a concordance. They didn't, they didn't have any, you know. Well, I've got, I've, I've got a phone myself. I can get umpteen translations of the Bible on. Never mind. Never mind just one, you know, any trans... And not only that, oh, where was that scripture again? And, oh, I just, oh, punch it. Just punch one word in. And a little, and a little magnifying thing, you press on it. Oh, oh, there it is. There's a verse in the Bible. I've, I didn't have to start at the beginning and work right the way through till I found it. It's all, and it, all this is laid on for us. But these people had nothing like that. Nothing at all. And I so admired them, actually. I, I admire these people. I mean, hey, Paul, you know, you're a, you're a bit strong on these guys. They're only, they're only new. Not, none of them are more than five years old in the Lord anyway. And so I'm, I'm, I've got a bit of a heart for them. And so here I come to... On you, you've actually got my message in the paper that's on your chair or that's been given to you. The message outline is on the back page of it. So you could go to sleep now anymore. <laughs> and, uh, however, I do like to point out that since I gave this to Josie to preach two weeks ago, the Holy Spirit has changed a few things and it might be a bit different the way that it comes out right now. So here we go. In the introduction, I wrote, up, I wrote this. So here we are at the winding up conclusion and recommendations that Paul gives to the... His solution to all their problems is tied up in the power and enabling that only the Holy Spirit is able to give them. And he, 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 as I've said, there's, there's eight references to the Holy Spirit in ten verses. And I've kind of put it down to three because in the King James Version it naturally breaks up into walk in the Spirit, number one, by the Spirit, number two, and live life in the Spirit, number three. It naturally breaks that up for me. So I, I'm a bit of a one, two, three point preacher, you see. I like to just have three points and I like to, ha I, I'm, I'm a very much a task-oriented personality. I like to have everything organized and in place. And I like to know where everything is. And so that's why I've got it like this. So, so let's just start to look. Well, look, um, before we start to look at this, I, I, I think I better, I, I drew a picture of everybody here. Um, and I thought I'd show it to you. I think I might sit down on my chair. Uh, hey, 
I put it on top, thanks. That's it. Oh, I like to have a height. Let's take this out of the way, will you, Gary? And can I call it? I mean Barry, I mean Billy. <laughs> I'm coming back to this, so don't take it down there. Just, I want these people over here to be able to see me, you see. Because I've, I've done a picture of me, not just me. I've done a picture of, this is the, it's a bit, it's a bit posh, it says, the tripartite nature of man. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, Paul says, and I pray God, I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus. So this is God's order of the uh, human makeup. In Genesis uh, 2 and verse 7, it says, and God made man of the dust of the ground, and God breathed into man the breath of life. Well, in your Bible, it says life. But in the Hebrew Bible, it's plural. It says lives. And God breathed breath of lives, and man became a living soul. So that he breathed into man a spirit life. He breathed into man an emotional life or a soul, or a mind, or emotions, or a will, or all that is wrapped up in, in how you can do things, determination, all that kind of stuff is all wrapped up in the soul life. And then, of course, there's the body. That's this. And this body is having a bit of victory over this. I need to lose some weight. Uh, but let's go on to the next. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians and chapter 2, and uh, verse 14, it talks about the natural man. In these few verses, the last few verses of 1 Corinthians 2 and the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 3, three, what can I say, three aspects of man that are mentioned. Paul mentions three aspects. First, he starts with the natural man. Uh, the natural man is... is uh, his spirit is dead, I've, I've, I've put across. He's dead to God. Well, before I was saved, I was dead to God. I couldn't, I, I, I use the name of Jesus as a swear word. I couldn't care less about Jesus or about God or about anybody else, anybody that, that, that was anything to do with religion. I had no, no thought of God. I, 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 I could tell all my jokes, my not-so-clean jokes and all the rest of it and, and never bat an eyelid. Oh, so who cares? Because my spirit was dead to God. And so that was the natural man. But then, in August of 1955, this spirit came alive. I got converted. But <laughs> I was still what the Bible calls a carnal man. That means, you know, Paul says, if you live after the flesh, the word flesh and carnal are synonymous in, in the New Testament. And, uh, and we know, in fact, Paul says, uh, <laughs> I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. 
and that, that's the way we are. We, we, even, even the things that we like to do, even Paul says, the things that I actually shouldn't do and I don't like doing, I do. And he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? But thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ who gives the victory, amen. And so, but this spirit is alive, but kind of controlled by the bodily appetites. Have I put body there? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, never mind. You, you, yeah, the bodily and the, and the emotional. You know, how do I feel on a certain day? Oh, I don't feel like going to church today. Oh, so I won't go and that's it. Instead of the spirit man telling the emotions what to do and the spirit man telling the bodily passions what to do, I'm controlled. That's the carnal man. I'm sharing this with you because this helped me a lot when I, I first saw this in 71 in Malaysia when an American missionary came and taught uh, uh, some of the, the leaders. We were missionaries in Malaysia at that time. Oh, and he, he, he did this very thing. And I, I wrote it down and I made a copy of it. And I've had it, I've had it with me ever since. And I've just, I just did this big copy yesterday so you could see it. And, and, so, and so there's, there's the carnal man. But then, and uh, of course, in the Message Bible, it makes it a bit clearer, at the, uh, verses 15 and 16. I won't, I won't read it out, but you can read it for yourself. While I explain the fact that now, here's the rightful order. The Spirit isn't down there being trolled by the other. Now the Spirit is up here, bringing influence to bear on these bodily and bodily appetites. Now, it doesn't all happen in five minutes. In fact, <laughs> you know, you think, you think by the time you were 83, you'd have kind of cracked it, you know, and that this would be the boss all the time. It doesn't always work that way sometimes. And this is why Paul... I don't want to steal Pastor Scott's thunder, but this is why Paul says at the beginning of, of Galatians 6, everybody uh, is overtaken in a fault. You who are spiritual, restore such a one. You who are these kind of people that have got everything in, in order, everything in place, don't, 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 don't push away somebody who, you know, maybe this bit has got better of this bit. And this bit's got better of this bit. No, no. You that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of kindness and meekness. You're rejected. So, but, but here's the general principle. It's this that needs to be in control. And so, Gary, my servant, where's my table? <laughs> and so, here I am now coming to the message. And, uh, n number one, I'll just go through these uh, because I, I, I've shown you that about the spirit man so that you get an understanding of what does it mean when he says, well, let's walk, walk in, well, he says, this I say then, when he starts verse uh, verse 16 in the, in the King James Version this is and because it agrees with what I believe 
<laughs> Sometimes it doesn't agree, and I have to pull my head in and make myself agree with it. But, but I, I like the way that the King James Version, see, in your other translations, it may not come across like this, where he says, okay, in the light of everything now that I've said from even just from verse 1 of chapter 5, liberty, wherewith Christ will make you free. Now, this I say then, this is how you can do it. This is how you can stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. This is, this is the, the secret of, of what you can do. I know you haven't got a written copy of the Bible. I know your, 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 your pagan environment is affecting you all the time. You're living in it all the time. I know that. I know that uh, I, at least Paul says, of, of, of being able to memorize, I've been taught and trained to memorize the, the scriptures off my heart so I can, just, I can just say them. But he didn't, when he was quoting scripture, he didn't say, oh, it says in Deuteronomy 25, 32, this. He just says what it says that comes to his spirit, that comes to his mind, because he's memorizing and it fits with what he says. And so here he's saying, what does it actually mean? It means you walk in the light of the truth that you've received to this point. And, and our pastor used to say that. He said, look, don't, don't start looking at everybody else and, and oh, you know, they're, they're not as advanced as you are or they're not as, as spirit, spiritual as you are. Everybody's on a different journey. Everybody's in a different position. But if we only walk to the light that requires. It doesn't require us to walk to something we don't know about. He takes care of our ignorance. Hallelujah. He's a gracious God. He's a kind God. He's a loving God. He makes allowances. Well, talk about make allowances. <laughs> he makes allowances left, right, and center for all of us. But in the same way, he says, as far as I'm concerned, you're perfect in my sight. <laughs> Even though you've not got to of me, in fact, even even Hebrews says that uh, what was it? What is it again in Hebrews where he says about uh, uh, perfect? No, not perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. I've forgotten it. Anyway, ne never mind. The Holy Spirit has not revealed it to me yet. <laughs> so, so, so you you walk in one John one said walk in the light as He is in the light. And then one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, will cleanse you from all sin. In other words, and that word cleanse you is in the past, present, and future tense. He, he has cleansed you. He is cleansing you. And he will cleanse you in the future. So no matter what stage you are on in your journey, you are, you are free from guilt and free from the consequences of sin because for you already. And so, and then he says, he wants us to walk in the victory. And this is all that the Spirit does. It's the Spirit that does this. You see, they, because they, they didn't, couldn't refer, um, I know we say to people, oh, you should read your Bible every day. And that's a good thing to do. But what do you do if you haven't got a Bible to read every day? How do you go on in your least? You know, AD 1449. AD you know, it's what is it, 16 years after the death of Jesus. 
And, and you've not even got a life story of him that you can read. Even if you could read. Most people could only speak. They weren't educated enough. It was only the elite that, were, that could read and write. And, 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 and even to get a piece of paper would cost a week's laborer's wages just for a piece. About that size. A week's wages for a piece of papyri. Not to mention, where do you get the ink? Not to mention, what about the pen? Not to mention, you can only speak, so how are you going to write it anyway? You've got to pay somebody to write it for you. Oh, when I think of all this, and here's Paul says, walk in the victory that the Spirit... And this is where I find this, you see. And again... I've got to thank my King James Version for this. Listen to this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, this is verse 16, and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Now, there's shall, in the English language, there's shall and there's... Uh, he could have said, and you will not, but will implies... A voluntariness. When you shall, in the English language, it means like a command. You shall do it, not you will do it, or you might do it. You shall. But that's because in the original, this word shall not, in the Greek, is, is a double negative. This is what it really means. I, I, wrote, I printed it out. Not, uh, so, so hear me. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not ever... Not at all, any more, by no means, neither, never, no, in no case, or in no wise, nor ever, not at all, or in any wise, fulfill the loss of the flesh. Now, now that, that makes a fantastic difference to me. I think, if I walk in the Spirit, and I, I get in harmony with the Spirit, and like it says in Amos, how can two walk together except they be agreed if I'm in harmony with the spirit then it's, it's going to I'm not even going to want to do the works of the flesh I don't even want to do it's not even a desire in my, in my heart and uh, uh, I don't know if oh she's there your time is coming Joanne this is Joanne by the way Joanne Ugal We've known Joanne. She's like a... I asked her, I said, am I allowed to call you one of my daughters because it's Father's Day? And she said, yeah, you can call me a daughter. We've known her for 25 years and more, more than 25 years. What time is it anyway? I've got two minutes. <laughs> Point one. <laughs> well, you've got the notes, so go home and look at them then. <laughs> Joanne, come on up. Now, Joanne, have you got a microphone, Joanne? Yes. Good. Yes. We're not, I better not take her time up, but she can't tell a whole story because it'd take Make too it long. short and sweet. But... How the Spirit of God spoke to you when you were in prison. This girl has been in correctional centers since she was 13. 
in and out, in and out, this and that and the other. And she doesn't mind me saying that because she says it to the glory of God now. But when this last time she was in prison, tell them about it. Okay. You know, I really, that God really loves me because of all the things he has done in my life. I might get a bit upset here. It's just, you know, I look back at my life. God has taken me places like Teen Challenge, 1994. He opened the door for YWAMU for the mission between 95 and 6. He took me to the nations. He gave me the footprint in the sand 2016 and his spirit was hovering over me in Scarborough Beach. And yet I still and yet I still went backwards. But my main demon was drugs, it was ice. And the reason why I took ice because of my grief and my loss of losing a beloved grandmother in my life, a woman who never smoked, drank, went to prison, but yet God blessed this lady to her grandchildren. And yet he gave me the privilege to lead her to the Lord in Royal Perth Hospital. Yet my life was way out of order, but he still chose me. People, because my grandmother was a stolen generation. If you only knew her, she had a lot of bitterness. bitterness. But God had to break her. And I said that to her before she passed on. He had to break you, Nan, because you came in hard. But she's with the Lord now. On my last prison, 2019, the 5th of December, I walked out. But when I went in there, I had a speed psychosis in Balga. That's what my son had to ring the police and the ambulance because they didn't know what to do with me. My eyes opened to the spiritual realm. And what I saw was demons and everything. It was a dark side. I said, oh, Lord, look what I've done. Could I find God in this darkness? Yes, I could. Cut the story short, I got picked up by two police, and it happens to be two Christians. I end up in Junlop Hospital, and I had to hold off, no way, I am not going to Greylands, no way in the world. So I had to hold it together, and I thank God for putting that strength in me. Then it turns around, they say to me, I'm sorry, Joan, but you've got a return order. So I had to go back to prison, because I owed the parole seven months. So picture me on that road all the way to the watch house, to Malaluka, that's a remand centre, seeing this spiritual realm. The dark spiritual realm. The dark spiritual realm. Mm. I mean, but the next day I woke up and I couldn't see nothing. But it was there God broke me. He had to break me again because he had a plan for my life, a powerful plan for my people. But it's when I walked out... They couldn't find my clothes because through my, my journeys through in and out of prison, I went to my mother's funeral, I went to my grandfather's funeral, I went to my grandma I went to last year, was my brother's. And the day on my release, they lost my clothes. They weren't any clothes, they were my brother's funeral clothes. The only thing they had in the bag was shoes and they panicked because when you get released, you've got to be out but they gave me new clothes. And it was like taking off the old and it was like putting on the new that yeah. day. Because I knew it was... He stripped me from everything and he freed me from every addiction possible. I haven't went backwards ever since I came out of jail. And I walked out and I said, what now, Lord, where do I go? I had no friends. I got disconnected with the church. 
long story how I got in contact with Pastor Bob, but God knew because God becomes the story of your life. And Pastor Bob and Margaret and Josh are life. And, you know, you look at is it Thessalonians, you know, 5.24. He, he, the one who's called you is faithful. He is faithful to start in me and faithful to finish what he's put in me. My friend comes with me. Her name is Pat. We've been on the same journey in and out of prison, drugs, crime. But now we go out and do ministry. We hit the city streets. So God has cleared the dark places now. And I don't like it because God used fear in my life. And I was a bit like Paul. Take that thorn out, Lord, trying to bargain again. And I will serve you. But no, he had to leave it because fear made me run to him. And he takes me back now where I used to tread my life. And I have to trust him because he always gives me Joshua. Be strong and courageous. For I, the Lord your God, will go ahead of you, Joanne. He goes ahead of us. He goes behind us. He goes. And I'd just like to thank Pastor Bob for, you know, asking me to come and share my testimony. And it's funny because it's very hard to get to church when the enemy knows you're coming. He'll chuck anything at you as soon as you open your eyes, you know. Oh, no, she's awake again, you know. But um, thank you, Pastor Bob. And praise the Lord because he's got great things installed. I believe the Aboriginal people are the key to revival. All our lives, they turn the key, but we hold it. And because this is the great south land of the... We are the light. And we must shine our light. Because I believe these are the last days. And, and I'm just so grateful that he has freed me. I will no longer enter prison ever in my life. Only if he opens the door and I go and speak to my people. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've finished now. But I wanted to finish just by asking this. Can we just welcome the Holy Spirit? I'd like you to close your eyes. And if you're comfortable, if you want to stand up, that's fine. If you want to hold your hands out like this, that's fine. But I'd like to just invite you to say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life today. Just like that. Just, just say that in your heart. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life today. And, and just in doing that simply now, sincerely and gently, and, and now as we go from this place this day together, uh, look out for the Holy Spirit to start to do some things. Look out for change to start to take place. Look out for a Holy Spirit impact to start to come. Just like the Holy Spirit impacted Joanne when she walked out of that prison and said, you're going to be a new woman. You're going to put on a new life and it's finished with forever now. And So it might be to get into the gift of the Spirit, to exercise the gift, to stir up your gift. It might be, it might be to just keep being filled with the Spirit. But whatever, we just, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into our lives today. And thank you for being with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.